0: There will be a lot of intrigue over the defensive side of the football for the New Orleans Saints as they open up their organized team activities. But number one on the list, Alante Taylor versus Paul Zinedebo, round one. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, make a Locked on Saints your first listen of the day, every day. Don't forget you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and keep the conversation going one-on-one with me by heading over to joinsubtext.com slash on. Saints, And as always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Sports Illustrated Saints News Network, the Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can also find me every Tuesday on the Locked in NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're taking a look at the big questions that we're looking to start getting answers to during New Orleans Saints Organized Team Activities, or OTAs, as they open up today on Tuesday. We looked at the offensive side yesterday. Today, we're going to focus on the defensive side of the football. Will Smoke Monday be there? I know everybody wants to know. It has been exactly zero days since I've been asked about Smoke Monday, so we'll discuss him as well as DeMarco Jackson and some of the competitions that could be going on at both of their positions. We'll also take a look at the rookie defensive linemen that, of course, find themselves firmly in the spotlight at New Orleans Saints OTAs, but I want to start off with Alante Taylor versus Paul Sanadibo in what could be round one, ding, 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 at the New Orleans Saints organized team activities. Now, this is, of course, required, requiring rather, that both players are present on Tuesday, right? They might not be present for OTAs. Remember, OTAs are voluntary, but even after the third week of OTAs, there will be mandatory minicamps. So round one of Taylor versus Adebo, Adebo versus Taylor is on the way, one way or another. But will it get started here in OTAs? The reason why I say round one is because I picture in my mind, my big galaxy brain thought here is that there's three rounds to this. There's the organized team activities portion of this, which is OTAs, and then the mandatory minicamp. I'm lumping them both and let's call them off-season workouts, right? So at some point there, there will be round one. At some point during training camp or throughout training camp, there will be round two. And then preseason, at some point, will be round three before the season begins. And that's the way that I'm looking at it for Alante Taylor and Paulson Adebo. Now, is this technically round one between these two? No, they played last year where Alante Taylor, I think it's safe to say, got the better of Paulson Adebo. Alante Taylor played 371 snaps in coverage with 496 uh, or compared to 496 by Paulson Adebo during that time, Paulson Adebo was targeted 69 times while Alante Taylor was targeted 64 times. So you see a lot more targets per snap for Alante Taylor, who was targeted only five uh, five times or five five fewer times. Right? Yeah, five fewer times than Paulson Adebo, despite playing over 120 or nearly 120 more snaps. The other thing here that you want to look at beyond just how many times they were targeted is how many receptions they allowed. Paul Sinadibo allowed 48 receptions on 69 69 targets for a nice 69.6 reception percentage allowed. Alante Taylor, however, targeted 64 times, only allowed 29 catches, 45.3% best of all Saints corners. Marshawn Lattimore, 54.8. Bradley Roby, 53.7. Chris Harris Jr. seventy uh, 78.0. Demarcus Fields one hundred percent, but he was only targeted once. So you can see there that Alante Taylor was the better cover corner when targeted. But it goes beyond that; not just that he was targeted and you know these completions didn't happen. He forced nineteen incom, excuse me, he forced twelve incompletions as compared to Paul Sedivo, who forced eight. That's a difference of 5% when it comes to a forced incompletion percentage. So you see pass breakups, eight, according to uh, Pro Football Focus, uh, versus Paul Cinedivo, who had seven, but forced incompletions go beyond just getting your hand on the football and knocking it away. It goes from blocking that vision, knocking the, you know, making contact with the, uh, knocking the ball loose by making contact with the receiver, all that. So there's a couple of other pieces that go into all of that as well. Now, the other thing to consider here is that according to Pro Football Focus, Alante Taylor was called for five penalties. Paul Adebo called for 10 penalties. It's a lot of penalties uh, there over on the defensive side. So looking at those numbers in 2022, I think the thing that it tells you is that even if Paul Adebo truly doubled Alante Taylor in penalty number, he did not double him in snaps, in coverage snaps. So that's another one of those things where you can see on a per snap basis. Alante Taylor gets the better side of all that. And then the final thing I want to look at here is yards per reception. Alante Taylor, 9.8. His rookie season, Paul Snedivo, 13.6. Now, how does that get impacted here in 2023 now that teams know who Alante Taylor is, now that teams have been able to prep for Alante Taylor within the division, now that when teams are going up against Alante Taylor, they don't just look at him as a rookie that you can run a nine route on and say he's not going to be able to keep up, just go. And all these other things, like you're not going to be able to challenge him in that way. You're not going to look to challenge him in that way. You're going to look to challenge him in more specific ways that play to his weaknesses in the game. And so offenses will try to find those and exploit those. So how does Alante Taylor respond and adjust? Now again, we might not get the real good graces here of seeing Alante Taylor and Paulson Adebo on the field today at OTAs. That is absolutely a thing that might not happen, and we might not see it next Tuesday or the or the Tuesday after that. But at least during the mandatory mini camps we should see both of these guys along with Marshawn Lattimore on the field. Now, this is another one of those questions, just like when we spoke about the offensive side in yesterday's episode, what are we hoping to learn, is one of the things that we're hoping to learn is like, does the team show up for this, right? Do the veterans show up to be a part of this along with the rookies and share the field with the rookies, get to know their new, you know, their former quarterback or their former quarterback, their new quarterback, all of that, that becomes important. And for the defense, it becomes just as important. You've got an entirely new defensive line, your only returning starter on the defensive line is Cam Jordan, and your only other returning uh, rostered players are going to be guys like Carl Granderson and Peyton Turner and Malcolm Roach, as well as, of course, uh, Tono Pasa. You have a lot of turnover on the defensive line. You don't have your third linebacker. Somebody's going to earn that spot. What's going to happen with your safeties? depending upon what happens with Marcus May, shouldn't the young safeties get some opportunities here? There's so many different pieces that you're going to be looking to find out if you're a defensive player on this team that it makes sense to show up. And one of the things that Cam Jordan says is that it's super easy to buy in when you never remove yourself from the team. And that's something that Cam Jordan, for instance, has never done during his tenure here in New Orleans, part of what makes him special. And if you caught last night's episode, part of what makes him a future Hall of Famer. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look now, uh, sticking with the defensive line, some of those changing, some of those new faces over on the D-line. Brian Brazee, Isaiah Foskey find themselves firmly in the spotlight. What are we hoping to learn about them at OTAs? Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and absolutely the place that you should be going if you've never placed a bet with FanDuel before and you want to give them a try, this is the way to do it because you're going to be able to get as a first time user a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 that will come back to you in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win, meaning that there's no losing with your first bet all you have to do is head over to fanduel.com slash on so you can take advantage of that no sweat first bet of up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets coming back to you if your first bet doesn't win you can place that first bet on whatever you want boxing you can place it on uh you can place it over on uh, uh the nba final or the nba uh, uh conference championships you can place it on early nfl week one odds you can place it on NFL futures like will the Saints win the NFC South will they win the NFC there's so much for you to get in on and you're going to be protected you're going to be good because of that no sweat first bet so make sure you go check it out today once again it's fanduel.com slash locked on for that no sweat first bet make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NFL Oh. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate all the everydayers out there making Locked on Saints, your first and sometimes potentially second, third listen of the day, as well as we continue on with our Locked on Saints two-a-days. You'll want to check out the live two-a-day later on today as we'll go through and break down all of the biggest pieces of information that you need in terms of the biggest takeaways from OTAs. I'll go live as soon as I get home from OTAs from the Saints facility in Metairie straight over to home in new Orleans. And I'll make sure I get you everything that you need to know, uh, from OTA. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, and of course, if you want to get all of those things a little bit sooner, you can check out join subtext.com slash locked on saints, but I'll tell you more about that in a moment. All right. So I want to take a look now at the rookie defensive linemen that find themselves firmly in the spotlight here in OTAs, namely Brian Brazier, the first round selection on the defense, on the interior defensive line that's coming out of Clemson. And then of course, um, I almost called him his ACC mate, but I guess in football, that's not the case. Notre Dame is an independent school, but it's basically the ACC, right? Isaiah Foskey coming out of Notre Dame, the big, long, athletic, super, hyper-productive collegiate edge rusher coming in with all the tools and traits that you can imagine that the Saints absolutely love when it comes to edge rushers, him coming in as a second round selection in this year's NFL draft. So Isaiah Foskey, Brian Brzee. Those are going to be two of the names that we're going to be really be watching on the defensive line. Obviously, new faces as well, like Colin Saunders and Nathan Shepard are going to be worth watching as well if they're present. We expect the rookies to be present. We'll see about some of the veterans. But out of those four, all being on a new team and two of them you know, making their leap to the NFL, their presence is actually really important. And you'd love to see all of them there getting to work with Cam Jordan. Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, they've gone out. With all of the uh, with all the defensive players, they've done defensive outings. Uh, Cam Jordan brought the entire defense, or organized a trip for the entire defense to NOLA Motorsports. They did some, you know, go karts and racing and all that other stuff. I believe Demario Davis uh, had everybody go to Dave and Buster's over on Poydras as well for a night. So you can see that, like, they're trying to create that camaraderie that should translate to basically everybody being present. At OTAs, and again, it was Cam Jordan himself who said that it's way easier to buy in when you never remove yourself. And so he plans to be at OTAs. He's the leader of this defense. He would be the guy that would end up kind of being the Pied Piper, bringing everybody with him to uh, Airline Drive on uh, tomorrow or today, uh, this morning. I'm recording this the night before, but you know how it goes. Uh, So the the focus is mostly going to be on the new faces, though: Brian Brzee, Isaiah Foskey, Nathan Shepard, Colin Saunders. Now. You're not going to see them go completely after the quarterback. You're not going to see them taking down quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are going to be in their non-contact red jerseys, all of that stuff. But you are wanting to see, like, what's the camaraderie between them? How much conversation do you see happening between Cam Jordan and Isaiah Foskey? How much conversation do you see happening between Brian Brzee and the other veteran defensive tackles that are around them? Where are they being lined up? Isaiah Foskey mentioned that he was being trained, kind of cross-trained a little bit at 4-I when it comes to the, uh, on the defensive line, which is just one of those techniques that you would usually see kind of in a 3-4 situation. So three down linemen and four linebackers, all that. But basically when you look at kind of all the different techniques, which we've broken down before in our, um, one of our, our week, week what do I call it? Midweek fundamentals is that 4 that position for a defensive lineman is nose-to-nose, like you and I, nose-to-nose. Don't be weird, nose-to-nose. Um, and I'm the edge rusher, you're the tackle, you're the edge rusher, I'm the tackle. And we're, we're right there with one another. For I is effectively, if you want to replace the I with something, think for inside. So instead of being nose-to-nose with me, you're over my inside shoulder if I'm the tackle. So that's usually a spot where you're looking to maybe create some inside pressure, create an inside move to where you're kind of rushing a little bit closer towards the B gap. Then, um, you're a little bit more accustomed to, to where you're trying to go around the tackle in some cases, but it kind of sets you up to go inside. It's also a good run stuffing position as well, because a lot of runs going between the guard and tackle, some of those, um, some of those power runs and things like that can go, can go up there. And order order those off-tackle runs, more more appropriately named. So, I think there's a lot of different ways for the for you to be able to imagine why Isaiah Fossey's kind of being cross-drain there. But where else does he get cross-drain? Do they move him toward the outside shoulder? They try him at a wide nine to put him outside of where a tight end would be, for instance. Do they move him even further inside? Where does Brian Brazee line up? There's a lot of really good Brian Brazee moments that took place in Clemson when they were in an even front and he was rushing from the edge. I mean, there's a lot of really good ones, and he always almost stunted towards the inside, probably won't see a lot of that, you know, it'd be kind of a glorified walkthrough more than anything else. So you're probably not going to see a lot of stunts and twists and all that stuff until we get to things like training camp preseason and then, of course, the regular season. But how much do these guys get to move around and start learning all the new things that they're going to do? And then similarly with Colin Saunders and Nathan Shepard, is Nathan Shepard the penetrating three-tech pass rusher that we expect? Like, is that the way that the Saints... Use him like we expect to utilize him. Do the Saints utilize Colin Saunders as a one tech or as a nose tackle lined up either if we're nose tackles, we're nose to nose, a center and defensive tackle. If you're one tech, then you're playing off of one of my shoulders, right? So you're maybe two, you're, you're one gapping, but you're over one of the shoulders. So I know which way you're going Do they use him that way, or do they try to give him some of those two gap, you know, opportunities and things like that. So there'll be such an interesting sort of Blend of new faces, rookies or rookies and veterans, as well as returning faces. Tano Passanio. How does Peyton Turner look? Is he look healthy? Is he you know? Is he running? Is he out there? Is he participating? All those other things. Like, there's so many of those different question marks that we get to answer. And let me like go on record, by the way, of saying like I still and I've said this before on the show. I still have a lot of hope for Peyton Turner. I mean, the guy came in with all of the traits that you expect to have in a successful. Defensive lineman and the New Orleans or edge rusher in the New Orleans Saints scheme. All he's got to do is be able to stay on the field and stay healthy. So, how does he look coming back? This would be a big first step for him to see him at OTAs, see him make it through OTAs, see him at mini camp, watch him make it through training camp, and then get into the season healthy. That would be huge. And that all starts with him getting a little bit more acclimated during the OTA process, just like everyone else will be as well. So, acclimation, familiarity, chemistry, all of these things begin to build today at OTAs so from the new-look New Orleans Saints defensive line. Up next, the question I know you really, really want to know, the answer to, is Smoke Monday going to be there? I'll tell you why, and I'll tell you why that's important as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints for the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, that Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints, with a look at Smoke Monday, will he be present at OTAs? Well, we certainly believe so. We certainly hope so uh, as well. I get a lot of questions about Smoke Monday. In fact, starting on next Monday, I'm introducing a new segment of the show called Smoke Monday. I'm just going to give you an update every single Monday on Smoke Monday. It's going to be Smoke Mondays. That's what we're doing from now on as we move forward. And if I ever forget, please come at me and we'll do Smoke Tuesday. Make sure we know Smoke Monday is not what it sounds like. It's not what it sounds All right. So we're going to take a look at Smoke Monday. Um, and, and look, the curiosity is not just around Smoke Monday. We have a lot of fun around, you know, the. it feels like Smoke Monday is a new Ted Ginn. Like, hey, is Ted Ginn eligible to return from injured reserve? Like Nick Underhill had to deal with those questions so much all the time. Uh, now, and you know, everybody's being asked about Smoke Monday. And I think it's great. I think it's awesome because, like I said the other day or last week, I, I hope that at some point in my life, I find someone that loves me as much as Saints fans love Smoke Monday. Like, I really hope I do. Because... The love for Smoke Monday is entirely unconditional, entirely unconditional. And so hopefully we start to see some of the conditions uh, here this week when it comes to Smoke Monday. And He's not the only one. DeMarco Jackson as well, one of the Saints uh, 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 draft picks in 2022. So he missed the season on injured reserve. Smoke Monday missed the season on injured reserve. Both those guys could potentially be out there for the Saints on, on, on Tuesday. And it's not just important for DeMarco Jackson as well as Smoke Monday. It absolutely is for them, but it's also important for New Orleans. Because New Orleans has a couple of little conundrums to figure out. Who's their starting slot corner? And does Smoke Monday get an opportunity there? You've got a lot of options right now. You've got guys like Bradley Roby, as well as, of course, Ugo Amadi, who's a slot safety slot specialist. Uh, Jordan Howden, who played over 200 snaps in four of, his, four, four of his five years in the slot at while he was at Minnesota. Uh, and then Smoke Monday has some potential to get some work in the slot as well. And I don't think that would be a bad spot for him. We saw him out at early portions of camp and stuff like that, off-season workouts last year, and he was so much fun to watch out on the field. Brought a lot of energy. He was talking. He was having a blast. Like it's It was really cool to watch. And so I think that seeing that out on the field again for New Orleans, A, behooves the entire defense, behooves the entire team to have that level of energy out there. It's one of the things that maybe they missed a little bit last year after C.J. Gardner-Johnson was traded away. Energy, energy, energy. Um, Smoke Monday could be a guy that could help to bring that, but he could also truly end up helping this defense at some point if called upon. And so his ability to be able to maybe learn a little bit of Marcus May's role, learn a little bit of a Tyron Matthews role, work in the slot a little bit, work up against the line of scrimmage a little bit, all those things, I mean, would fit him to a T. So it'd be great to see him be able to be out there. And let's see how that recovery went and make sure that he maintains that athleticism and that he looks as good as he did when he came in as a UDFA, which everyone was shocked that he wasn't drafted. So it would be great to see him uh, in this New Orleans State's offense or defense. And I know that like not only I would love that because then I would get to talk about it all the time, but my good friend over at On Auburn, Zach Blackerby, would love to be able to come over here to the show and speak on not only Smoke Monday, but Cody Burns and some of the other guys that he's got some good knowledge of. As for DeMarco Jackson, the App State linebacker who the Saints drafted last year and lost early, he would be somebody that could come in and potentially show you, hey, here's what I could do as a pass rusher. Here's what I could do in run defense. He's a fantastic downhill tackler, and he's a remarkably smart player. I spoke with him at the Senior Bowl before the Saints drafted him, and I had such a great time talking to him just as a dude. Like He's just a good person, too. So there's a lot of like really good things around DeMarco Jackson. He's a little bit undersized. Uh but he's a guy that a lot of people believe in. Emory Hunt came on this show last year and said, "Hey, I know that the Saints like Pete Werner, but watch for DeMarco Jackson to push for playing time over on the defensive side." And he wasn't entirely wrong because that opportunity was there. It's just that DeMarco Jackson wasn't healthy enough to be able to take it because he was on injured reserve. Cade Nellis did instead, right? And so if you want somebody that's going to be able to come in, have the energy, have sort of the all-around Ness that you had with Caden Ellis, Demarco Jackson could be the next guy on that list. And then you add in guys like Anfernee or G. You add in a guy like Nick Anderson. What's going to happen with Zach Bond as a roster bubble guy? All of that stuff starts to develop over the course of training camp or uh, training camp, but also OTAs. Because remember, after June one, any of that cap space, dead cap space that you might have from moving on from players gets deferred, split over the course of a couple of years as opposed to just accelerating to this year. So it opens up a lot of opportunities. So if a guy like DeMarco Jackson comes out, impresses Zach Bond, who's already a veteran on the bubble, in a contract year, do the Saints move on from him? Do they try to trade him? There's a lot of things that can happen that could end up spelling the end of some veteran's career with the New Orleans Saints. Same thing could happen to Bradley Roby. What if guys like Jordan Howden, Ugo Amadi, Smoke Monday show up and just show you that they can do anything that you ask them to and that they play incredibly well in the slot. There's a chance that Bradley Roby gets traded. There's a chance that Bradley Roby gets cut to save money. There's all these different things that can happen and all of these little storylines that could potentially develop over the course of the next couple of weeks all start today at organized team activities, at OTAs. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, again, it's going to be really interesting to see who is there. But I do have the feeling that, like, we're going to go live tomorrow night and I'm going to be able to sit down and it's going to be a shorter list for me to tell you who isn't there than it will be to tell you who was. And I think that that is important. And that's a good step for the New Orleans Saints. Like, oftentimes we talk about OTAs sort of being like, ah, veterans don't really need to be there. And, The expectation is that they won't be. It's really a time for the rookies and the new faces and all these other things. But like last year, we watched guys like Tyron Matthews show up. We watched Cam Jordan show up every year, all that. I think this year it, it falls in line with that. I think there will be some players that won't be there. I expect maybe one or two of the top running backs to not be around because it's just such a tricky position to put your body on the line playing and stuff like that. Some of the players that are coming back from injury will probably be present, but not necessarily participating because they're still going through their process. Training camp, a little bit more important for those guys. But for everybody that's got to calibrate, for everybody that's on a new team, for everybody that's got to learn a little bit of familiarity, all of that, everybody's got to get acclimated to New Orleans as a team and the playbook and the coaches and the style of the players and the leadership and all of this stuff, it's imperative that they're on the field tomorrow. And that goes on the offensive side as well as on the defensive side. So yeah, you hope to see guys like Smoke Monday and DeMarco Jackson, but the fact of the matter is that you hope to see 90 out of 90. It won't be, but you hope to see 90 out of 90 uh, when it comes to these guys, at least present at the facility. So lots of good stuff there. But man, these position battles, these roster bubbles, like all this stuff is more that we're going to be discussing here on Locked on Saints all throughout OTAs and moving forward too, because we'll have to revisit some of those conversations as OTAs happen, as mandatory mini camp happens, as training camp goes along. We'll be tracking all that all throughout. So we're finally here. It's getting to be a lot of fun. All right. I promised that I was going to tell you a little bit more about subtext in case you haven't heard about subtext and you haven't jumped on subtext yet. Let me tell you really quickly, especially as we're getting to like OTAs training camp. Preseason and then the regular season. I have a lot of information for you that I'll be able to send out a lot more quickly through Subtext, as opposed to you waiting for the next episode of Locked On Saints to come out. So if you want to get some of that stuff a little bit early, and if you just simply want to find a way to support the show, I've had a lot of people that ask, like, "Can I donate? Can I? Can I do? You know, can I work for you for free?" Which I'll never let anybody do. I just won't do it. Um, here's a way for you to be able to contribute: four dollars and ninety nine cents a month one-on-one texting with me, early information, all that other stuff you'll be able to get. So if you want to join and you want to support the show, join subtext.com slash Saints. It's the way to do it now. I'm working on some other exciting stuff too, and I'll keep you up to date with every bit of it as you go on. But here's an early thing that you can jump onto if you would like. It's a 14-day free trial to start. Then after that, you can make the decision for yourself if you want to stick around and do the payments. That way you're not forced forcing anything. Don't want to force anybody into anything. But if you want to contribute, there's a way to do it. All right. Coming up later on today, we'll get you updated on everything you need to know from the end of day one of OTAs. I should be done at the Saints facility around like 2.30, 3 o'clock, home, do a little bit of writing, and then hopefully be able to go live around 4 p.m central time or so. So we'll have everything for you uh, in our live episode. I keep you up to date on the time as often as I can throughout the day. Appreciate you as always to make it Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine. Keep the conversation going one-on-one with me over at joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints. I appreciate you as always for saying yes to me and the show. Of course, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.